Good morning, and welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Bark, pastor at St. Mary Madeline Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, Squirrel Hill, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh, and also the pastor at St. Benedict Moore Parish in the Hill District. We are diving into our faith this morning with two special guests experienced in leading others deeper on this journey of discovering Christ. This is sure to be a conversation filled with inspiration to help us grow in our faith and most important uh, journey that we will take in a lifetime. And before we get started, I want to thank our generous sponsors of Catholic Education Plus, Sam and Judy Spanos, and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. And joining us in studio is Judine Indoniva. She is the Director of Catholic School Catechesis, and Dr. Tom Octave, who is the Director for the Department of Lay Ministry Information. Judine and Tom, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you. Thanks, Father. <laughs> We're and happy to be here. And Michelle Peduto, our uh, superintendent of Catholic schools, will be with us in the second segment. The very heart of why we educate our children the way we do in our schools is to grow disciples and to create a community of disciples. It's no different uh, how a family is called to operate in Christ on how our churches are called to be the body of Christ. But we need some help doing this. And the journey begins, of course, with education. Judine, uh, this is a very important job. Uh, you are tasked with helping to transform our young minds and hearts. How is this done in our schools, and how do we grow up children in the faith and mature to deepen their faith with all that's going on in our society? Oh, thank you, Father Tom. I appreciate that you framed it from the perspective of discipleship, mm. because for so often, the mistake that we sometimes make or we have made um, informing children in the faith is to treat it as another subject like information you must learn this memorize this and regurgitate it back to me and yes there's value to that but ultimately we want children to fall in love with jesus and deeply commit their hearts to him trust him with their lives and that's a lifelong following of discipleship that you spoke about. Um, and so you asked, how do we do that? Uh, there's, there's many facets to how we form children. The, what we really want to go after is to help kind of implant within them what I might call anchors of faith. Like if you're a rock climber, you grab onto certain anchors to pull you up. And so we want to embed those anchors in the children so that throughout life, they can cling to those and climb higher in becoming, um, rising to the full stature of Jesus Christ. So becoming another Jesus. So what, what are those anchors? Um, it does begin basically with memory. So yes, we have to instruct and give children knowledge of the faith, but we have to lead them to ponder the faith and savor it, not just simply learn it. Um, we have to build relationship with them and incorporate them into the community because nobody is out here by themselves and they need to see that God gave us a family and the family is his church. We need to help them to reflect deeply for themselves, to wonder, and finally surrender, surrender their hearts, and make that a, a practice of life is continuing turn, turning to God and surrendering, and leading to mission, which is the call to love and serve others in the particular way God gave them, and union. And what are the instruments for fostering these anchors? Um, the content is the story of our faith, which we call salvation history, the teachings of our faith, which we call doctrine, 
there's experience, which is also an instrument of teaching the faith. So the liturgies, the sacraments, and prayer are also essential elements of forming others. Family life, parish life, school life, other people's examples in modeling the Christian life, correction, helping children to practice their faith, to experience what it's like to serve others, um, to love each other, and to give of themselves. And how do we know if we're succeeding? We look for certain hallmarks of spiritual exigency, which is like signs that, that they're getting it, which is peace, calm, wonder, a sense of loss of time. So those that work with children will experience that when you tell them the mystery of the faith, they will get lost in what you're saying, um, and joy, uh, that effusive joy. So when we hit those, those markers, we know that we've got their, their sweet spot. Absolutely. I want to bring Dr. Tom Octave in. Um, we're going to be doing two segments with us. But Tom, can, uh, can you give us a little perspective about your role in helping what Judine does in forming uh, the catechesis and helping the parishes educate our young adults and young families and our children, of course? Our work in our office really works with um, the parish staffs, and particularly uh, in this first uh, part of our work in this first year of the office, working with parish staffs to help create formative experiences for everybody who's on those staffs so that they can help to form the parents uh, who are the first catechists and the primary catechists of our students in our schools and our students in faith formation. And so a lot of our work is working with everybody from business managers to musicians to uh, directors of faith formation, everybody working together to find their way uh, to help the parish to grow. And as the parish is that family of families, um, we, f we see very clearly that their formation is so important as they assist families informing their young people in the faith and creating a, a, a nurturing environment for them to experience the faith at Sunday Eucharist, which is the source and summit for all of parish life. And actually, yeah, it, it starts at home. The families are, the, of course, the first educators, but then obviously the priests, the religious, and then the staff continue that. But we always emphasize, regardless if it's in Catholic schools or our religious ed programs or youth ministry, faith formation, young adults, uh, catechesis, it always starts, of course, at home, but we also need to educate our families, too, so that they can practice that and, and pass that on. And Jean, you and I, we go way back. Uh, I know you have such a wealth of information um, in your experience in working in parishes. You oversee the faith formation for tens of thousands of students um, and with your background, and you also have a special focus on the formative impact of teaching uh, salvation history. How does this process of faith formation progress from early childhood and then moving into the young, young adult teen years? Okay, so I love um, Sophie Cavaletti, who founded the Catechesis of Good Shepherd, mm -hmm. who took that particular approach to teaching the faith from Maria Montessori, which is a more commonly understood name. And Cavaletti used to say, you know, we don't impart relationship with God. Children come to us already in relationship with God from the moment they're created because we're spiritual beings and we're, our hearts are are, have this God-sized hole for him. And oftentimes people that work with little children will see these, these moments of profound like light 
about God or they'll say profound things and you kind of scratch your head like, did they just say that? And it, it's there, it's a flash and then it's gone. So Cavaletti used to call the young child the metaphysical child because their, their capacity, their, they have a sense of wonder about the big questions of life. And in that stage, Maria would break that stage from zero to six. She'd call that the absorbent mind period. So they kind of learn by osmosis. And their goal is so that they can do it for themselves. So um, how does all of that tie into teaching the faith? Well, first of all, respect the fact that they can be profound, that they have a huge religious potential. But it's kind of like what they teach for little children that are in in um, gym class. It's like they have high energy, but in short spurts. So they might be really profound and say something amazing and then, and amazing and then be laughing and being silly the next moment. Um, second, the second plane uh, we would call is the reasoning mind, and that's from age six to 12. And that is when a child is driven towards mental independence. So unlike the littler child, they want to think for themselves. So in faith formation, that's when we start to teach them church church doctrines and the Ten Commandments. They, they do enjoy rules at that age. And as long as it's tempered with love, it, it can be a very exciting experience for them. Um, to learn all the details of what we believe as Catholics. Adolescence is critical thinking and evaluation, and they're driven towards finding their place in the world and relationship. So we, that we all know that, they, that that's very important, that one-on-one -on -one experience, mentoring by adults that they trust, having the opportunity to speak to each other from the heart and knowing that they are safe with each other. And finally, leading to maturity when we integrate all of that. So it's a lifelong process. The truths of the faith are the same for all, but how we apply it is a little different per age. And it's a work in progress. So obviously, you can take these tools, obviously a yes. toolkit, and there's no cookie cutter approach to it, but then you can implement that. And obviously, each parish, yeah. each family, each program. The, di um, the catechism that. says catechesis is both systematic and organic Ooh, so like there's that. the teaching and delivery of the faith teachings but then there's the life in growing into the faith through life through family through community and the individuality comes out there especially and you plant the seed and watch it grow right exactly being organic well, we have lots more to talk about we're going to take a break you're listening to catholic education plus with father tom burke here on kdk radio Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Mary Madeline Parish in the East End and St. Benedict de Moore Parish in the Hill District, and we are continuing our walk on a journey of faith this morning. How does it all begin at the seed level, and how does faith grow and flourish until the finish line with hope and glory? And we are talking to our Catholic School Catechesis Director, Judine Indoniva, and Dr. Tom Octave, the Director of Department for Lay Ministry and Formation this morning. And I also uh, welcome to segment two, our superintendent of Catholic schools, Michelle Peduto. Uh, Tom, your role as you serve the parishes, the pastors, and all those who evangelize and outreach, as well as those who handle the business operations in our churches, uh, how does helping others fulfill what is essentially their baptismal call look like in your new role? was well, an exciting one, and I think Bishop Zupik has done a great job in his new pastoral letter, The Church Forward, to outline 
uh, his vision for what lay ministry and what he's calling for for our diocese and our church as we celebrate this 180th year um, benchmark to keep moving forward to call forth the gifts and the talents of the laity to serve the church. And it's not just the clergy by themselves, but it's us working together as one body in Christ. And so we're going through this time of Eucharistic revival. It's important for us as a local church to really build upon that heritage of the, of the Eucharist being the center and the source and summit for all that we do. But in that, we're all called to live fully our baptismal call. And so when people step forward to work in our parishes, it's important that they receive the formation they need to do the roles that they're uh, tasked to do to support the role of the pastor and the clergy team and the needs of the parish. And so our office is, is looking at triaging in that way. What are the current needs as we see them come up day to day? And we work closely with uh, Dr. Linda Ritzer and her team in parish services to do that so that uh, we're really boots on the ground trying to provide those experiences. And Bishop Zubik in the letter really uh, emphasizes this idea that he is committed to the work of the laity and calling forth the gifts of the laity to serve the kingdom and the message of the gospel. And I want to say kudos to you on your new uh, role in the diocese. And you've been to my parish several times helping with my staff. My pastoral associate, Melissa Viator, really uh, looks up to you as a good guide. And I think you're going to do tremendously well in, in helping our staffs and our parishes move forward in this new role. And um, you just bring a wealth of knowledge and fresh air, and you have so many gifts and talents, too. You can even, actually, you're a wonderful singer, too. You're a great cantor. Sometimes and, these things happen. Yeah, yeah and a great musician. You get to do different so, things, so, you know. Many gifts and talents. That's great. Um, and I also want to uh, share, um, Dr. Tom, that there's exciting new opportunities for those who want to re revitalize and awaken their faith with a new ministry lay um, certificate for our um, office and parish staffs. Can you tell us a little bit more about this wonderful new opportunity? So it's a great, exciting uh, partnership between the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame University and uh, the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And we've created a certificate program with McGrath to serve those who are in part-time and full-time ministerial roles um, in our parishes. And so for us, this is exciting because we're piloting the certificate program with McGrath. And in doing that, we're the first diocese in the country to partner with them, and they're creating this for us. And we're basing the curriculum on the four uh, pillar documents of the Second Vatican Council, which really emphasizes Pope Francis's initiative that the Vatican II uh, documents are really the guiding pillars for our formation and understanding our place in the church. And so uh, Tim O'Malley, who's the director of the McGrath Institute, is working hard with his faculty to bring in-person faculty here to Pittsburgh, along with an online component and some work with the Institute for Ministry Formation at St. Vincent at the seminary there. We're going to provide human and spiritual uh, formative experiences. And we have a cohort of about 40 folks from our parishes, part-time and full-time employees who will participate in this program beginning in September. So it's a very exciting time. And, you know, anything that's new comes with all that excitement, and we will see how it all goes. But we know that uh, our, the folks who are signed up are excited and the idea of doing this together um, and how this interfaces with the pastors and the parishes is a really exciting time for our diocese as we move forward with Bishop's vision. And as a pastor, I, I'm just so thrilled that there, there's new things for our staff and administrators to enhance the programs. And uh, now that 
we are moving forward as the great pastoral letter uh, Bishop introduced to us a few weeks ago, moving forward after the on mission for the Church Alive process and reorganization. Um, time to really get to work now and and move forward. So I'm really excited. I'm familiar with the McGrath Institute and Notre Dame University. Um, going there several times with youth ministry and uh, Notre Dame Vision um, summer camps. Just a wonderful, wonderful program that um, Tim O'Malley does. And kudos to the bishop and your staff for bringing this in to help our our parishioners with that. I want to bring Judine back in um, just for some final thoughts going into the new school year. We're up and running um, with the school and our religious ed programs uh, for the opportunity for uh, the new year. Which are some final thoughts for you, Judine? Um, so I love the image from the Psalms um, of the man who's planted, like the, the man who fears the Lord is like a tree planted near running water. When he's old, his leaves never fade, still full of life, still green. And so I, I just want to encourage all of your listeners, our families, our children to turn to the sources of life. And where do we tap into that life or that grace of God? It's through the sacraments. They are abiding presence to us in, in every major milestone of life, but in the day to day. And so we're so blessed to have our Catholic schools that can facilitate the sacramental preparation for our children and the reception, even weekly, of Mass and frequent reception of confession. And uh, for those that are in the parishes to plug in, it's not a small thing. I, I mean, just think of my dad, and I'll end with this, but he lived a long, holy life, and the backbone of his life were the sacraments and when he uh, went to the Lord that was the most important thing and he died a saintly joyful beautiful life so that's beautiful that's dig, great. you know be like him he was still full of so full still, still full of sap still green mm -hmm. yep. and our superintendent she always gets the last word uh, your final thoughts Michelle on this new school year uh, two minutes well I'll tell you listening to these two mm. today Tom and Judine we are so blessed to have them leading in a, in a leadership capacity in our diocese. We are also so blessed with the laity that we have out there that work so hard for our parishes. 180 years of uh, the Catholic faith in this area, in the church, and we are blessed with our teachers. I think the peace with the diocese and the leadership teams, we're, we're here to bring our people together to work together to provide this source of unity for all our people that is the bishop's vision it's every bishop's vision unity of the faithful and we are all walking on the same path we are walking toward those eternal uh, that eternity toward our life in the beautiful and unimaginable kingdom of heaven and so we want to do this together and we do it together and i I just feel humbled and privileged to be in the presence of two such faithful people who have the capacity to fulfill the bishop's vision. And such wonderful uh, resources that are available now uh, the diocese is providing uh, for the parishes. And I'm really, really um, deeply grateful for our leadership here with the, the, the diocesan staff, the resources to help our our pastors, the administrators, and the support staff out there. And 
you know, we're all in this together. And going back to the first segment, talking about that organic um, growing, you know, you plant that seed and then you watch it grow and it's a, a continuous cultivation. You got to keep rotating that soil and keep loving and nurturing and, and then it can grow into bigger and better things. So I'm, I'm really hopeful for that. And thank God for our clergy. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Jadine Indomina, um, Tom Octave, and Michelle Peduto, thanks for being with us this morning. We'll be back for the Plus segment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio. This week in our Plus segment, we are featuring the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus gives instructions for navigating conflict and correcting those who sin. Even the early church experienced internal and external conflicts 2,000 years ago. The first step for uh, an offended person is to go directly to that offender and try to settle that issue privately or a loving matter uh, to the community. And the goal is reconciliation, not punishment. And our world is full of violence and natural disasters, uh, drugs, alcohol, violence in our streets. And God points out his reconciliation upon people everywhere. So let's leave our divisions at the altar of our Lord and may the sacred presence renew our desire to live in peace. And there's so much division and hatred and conflicts in our families, in our communities, in our nation, and conflicts in our world. And we are called to forgive. And by words and our actions, we really can experience the freedom. And as we are reflecting on September 11th, this coming week, obviously a a time for our nation to pause and mourn, reflect and remember and reconcile. Let's look at what are causing our own differences and difficulties and divisions, and let's seek out peace, healing, and reconciliation. And thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio.